Dianne Feinstein is a failed feminist. Sure, she was the first female mayor of San Francisco and the longest-serving woman in the Senate, but those are just titles. Remember in the Barbie movie when Barbie said this? It's not just that. I'm not smart enough to be interesting. You're so smart. I can't do brain surgery. I've never flown a plane. I'm not the president. No one on the Supreme Court is me. I'm not good enough for anything. You see, the media has co-opted feminism and made it a competition amongst women. A contest of let's see who can go the furthest, get the most titles, have the most money, win the most awards, make the most history. And that's not feminism. That's a perverted, hyper-capitalist, greedy, and male-engineered form of feminism. Traditional, original feminism is about equal rights between the sexes. It's bad enough that feminism has become a pink version of the male ego. And nothing is more toxic to feminism than praising women who went to the top just because they're a woman. If we're equal to men, as people, intellectuals, professionals, then it shouldn't be shocking we're able to perform at high levels. We might as well just spit on the graves of suffragists. This is like that statement from George W. Bush about the soft bigotry of low expectations. But even more toxic than this game is when we worship and adulate women who went to the top, but not on their own merits. They used cheat codes. They got there by any means necessary. They didn't defeat the patriarchy. They complied with it to get what they wanted. They didn't overcome the obstacles that women face every day in the workplace, in academia, in daily life. There was no outsmarting or outlasting misogynists. No, they enabled the patriarchy while claiming to be a feminist. And that's exactly what Dianne Feinstein did. So tag along as we take a trip down patriarchy lane. We begin when Feinstein married her first husband in 1956. He served as a defense counsel for the War Crimes Tribunal in Manila in the late 40s. After World War II, he was a lawyer and assistant district attorney in San Francisco. Decades after their divorce, he would get appointed by the governor to be superior court judge. This guy clearly had it going on in the high echelons of society to have such a career. His obituary in the San Francisco Chronicle said, quote, Mr. Berman was politically connected throughout the city. He was a longtime friend of Mayor Willie Brown, whom he credited with helping get him appointed to the bench. It goes on to say they hung out at jazz clubs all night long. It's not a stretch to say that in their brief marriage of less than four years, Diane benefited from his connection. In fact, the year after they divorced, the governor appointed her to the California Women's Parole Board. She was just 27 years old. Before that, she'd been working at a nonprofit. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say her first husband's connections probably allowed her to rub elbows with the right people. Three years later, she remarried to a guy named Bertram Feinstein. He was a neurosurgeon and director of Mount Zion's Neurological Institute. She stuck with this one until he died. Again, I'll go out on another limb and say that a successful neurosurgeon would probably put you in high society. How do I know this? Well, during this time, she leapfrogged onto the Board of Supervisors of San Francisco. Now, the second husband of hers died in 1978. A year later, Diane became mayor of San Francisco after a double assassination of Mayor George Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk. In fact, Diane was the first to find Milk's body and announce his death to the press. She was serving as president of the Board of Supervisors and was appointed by her colleagues to be acting mayor. 
Think about that. She became mayor of a major city with the vote of just six people. Now, before we continue with her career, let's take note of how fast Diane went from widow to wife. Her first husband died in 1978. She became acting mayor in 1979 and was engaged to her third husband less than four months after that. So who was number three? None other than billionaire investment guru Richard Blum. She first met Blum in 1977 while still married to her second husband. In fact, her second husband was in his last year of his life before dying of colon cancer. Do with all that information what you want. They met because Blum was an advisor to Mayor Moscone. After Moscone's assassination, Blum supported Diane's appointment to mayor. That was pretty convenient to have a billionaire on your side. Four months later, they were engaged, so, you know, figure out what you think was going on. So back to her career. The year is 1979. Diana spent the last year as acting mayor and her term is ending. She runs for re-election. She wins. I'd say her billionaire husband is the only reason that Diane wasn't a one-year-and-done fill-in mayor. Again, how do I know this? I'm glad you asked. Before the assassination and while serving on the Board of Supervisors, Diane ran for mayor two times and lost both times, coming in third place with approximately 20% of the vote. San Francisco didn't care what Diane was doing. Then, while being engaged to a billionaire, she wins the election. In fact, it was probably all of him because the results were so close there was a runoff and she only won by a couple percentage points. She did win a second term by a much larger margin, but still, remember, she was backed by a billionaire. Then she was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1992, making her the first female senator from California. Think I'm too critical of Diane and attributing too much of her success to her third husband, Blum? Consider this excerpt from a Daily Mail article about Diane and her husband, Blum. Quote, he poured considerable funds into her early political career, including helping her finance a campaign to defeat a recall election in 1983 when she was San Francisco's first female mayor. Blum reportedly helped her scrape together $400,000 for the effort and also injected $3 million into her unsuccessful run for governor of California in 1990. She couldn't even win the governor's office with a billionaire husband. The people wanted to recall her, and he still had to dump money in her campaign to help her defeat it. Time and time again, no one wanted Diane. Without all the money from her third husband, billionaire Blum, and the connections from husband number one and number two, would Diane Feinstein have ever gotten elected in the first place? I just love how when no one wants to elect you or have anything to do with you, and then all of a sudden a rich man enters the room and now everyone wants you. It's interesting. Two failed mayoral races, and you can barely eke out a victory in your third race, even after getting the rare opportunity to be appointed acting mayor after a tragedy. All I can say is right place, right time, right boyfriend when it comes to her career. The feminist chant may be, I don't need no man, but Feinstein sure did. You know, if my husband was a billionaire, I could probably be a United States senator too. It's ridiculous how we attribute any amount of success, man or woman, to someone who glided in on wealth and nepotism. She's only where she is because she used men. Diane was the OG Kamala. These two broads are Democrats' highest female achievers. Take a tip from their life story. All you need to win at feminism is a little masculinity. Feinstein really only became the Feinstein we all know because of two men that died and a billionaire husband. Without them, she'd be frolicking off the fruits of her first two husbands, which could only get her on the board of supervisors. Superstar status required more. 
So don't be like Barbie and say I'm not good enough because I'm not on the Supreme Court. Regular feminists like you and me are out here competing with people who use cheat codes to feminism. Hey, keep your chin up. We're all just a billionaire husband away from being our best feminist self. Thanks for listening to Broad Thinking. Be sure to tune in next Monday night for an all-new episode. Be sure to follow the Ladies Love Politics channel on TikTok and Instagram.